All right. Good afternoon, New Philadelphia. I say good afternoon. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Man, all y'all people in the back, y'all were late today. All right, we have 1 p.m. service. Nobody should be oversleeping till 1 p.m. Man, if you're doing that every week, I think you need some deliverance. Come up for prayer afterwards. I'm playing. I'm playing. Hallelujah. Some of us are really tired because uh, you're volunteering. Actually, I, I, I think the volunteers aren't really tired. I don't see the volunteers really looking tired. They're like on fire. That supernatural adrenaline pumping. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God for uh, all the amazing things that we saw uh, through the crusades this weekend. Amen? Man, it was just a blessing to... Um, we have uh, Andres Bisoni here. Um, you know, I just kind of like got to like really spend time with him. And uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a, he's a pretty cool guy. I feel, like, I feel like he's like this Argentinian cousin that I've never had before. <laughs> and uh, I'm serious. I don't, I don't say that about everybody that I meet. But uh, yeah, there's, a, there's definitely a connection that, <coughs> that we've made. And uh, um, hallelujah, he's uh, really into... Um, uh, Apple computers, hallelujah. And he feels called by God. And I, I was like, you know, there's really a lot of parallels between Apple computers and the kingdom of God. And he was like, yeah, brother, right there. He was saying that Apple computers is like spirit-filled Christianity. And Windows is like old traditional, like, hey, man, that's what he said, all right? He's an anointed man of God. I don't know if you want to come contest with that. <coughs> but we made, we made a lot of connections. And uh, uh, it's, it's good to uh, really... Um, have, see his ministry and, and uh, seeing the supernatural signs and wonders that accompany him. Uh, but not, not only just the signs and wonders, but he's got a really good message. I mean, he's really, um, really has some solid messages. And I was, I was really blessed through all of his sermons. And man, some powerful impartation last night. Some powerful impartation last night. Uh, <laughs> and let me, let me just say a, a word for those who don't manifest Look, just because you don't manifest does not mean you're re- not receiving anything. If your heart's right before the Lord and you know you've taken all those steps, uh, you've you got to receive it in faith. Because, man, I mean, I, I mean, even, you know, I, I'll fall. You see me pray, people pray for me, I'll fall, but I don't really manifest. I don't really feel like that strong, like, like waves of, like, fire and, and liquid love, you know, that, like, my wife be experiencing, you know. You know, Aaron last night, like, Andres didn't even pray for her, like, I think Andres was praying for, like, somebody else near her, and then she just got slain in the spirit and was on the ground, like, 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 ah! <laughs> and all the brother Michael, uh, uh, Andres, brother Andres came over, he just went, Whoo! and she was like, ah! And she, she said, like, it was like, it was so powerful, it was, like, unbearable on her skin. And uh, so last night, we were, we were praying on, on our bed, and I was like, Honey, I want to experience that. Let's just pray together so I can experience that. <laughs> she's like, okay. And then she's like, la, 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 la. And she's like praying, fire, fire, fire. And, the, and then, you know, we prayed for like a good five, ten minutes and nothing was happening. <laughs> but I received him by faith, you know. And then I said, well, let me try. Let me, it's my turn. And then I started praying for her. And she's like, ooh. <laughs> I started manifesting right away. And then. You know, we were just praying, and then I, I, I don't know what, I didn't even say anything. And then all of a sudden, ah, oh, she's on the ground, like, like, just the fire of God was all over her. And I, and I was just like, and she's ah! I was like, wow. Wow. I mean, I, so, I mean, some of us, we experience that <coughs> quite, you know, frequently when we get prayed for. Others, you may not experience that at all. Uh, but hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, the, the truth that you are receiving an impartation can be seen in the fruit of your relationship and walk with the Lord and, and your ministry that is birthed, birthed out of that impartation. And so, hallelujah, I, I believe that, you know, for me to even lead this church and minister and preach and lead the way I do is the result of God's spirit really imparting, you know, anointings from different men of God that have laid their hands on me. Hallelujah. So, man, I learned this lesson in a big way when I was just... Just hanging out with Andreas because Andreas Bisoni, he got impartations from like everybody and their mother. I mean, he got impartations from uh, Carlos Anacondia. He's a big revivalist in Argentina. Uh, from uh, Sergio, uh, Sergio Scatagrini. 
Uh, he got impartations from Benny Hinn, from Oral Roberts, from um, like uh, what are some other names he mentioned? Like he he got in, <coughs> everybody and their mother. I mean, really. He and and he, and sometimes you know he didn't really experience anything, but he received it by faith because you know uh, he really believes that you know God's Spirit uses other people to to really bless you with something that you may not have. You know, and so you know he's really hungry like that. And I I I had to really. I felt like God was, like, teaching me through watching his hunger. And I was like, man, I don't have that, Lord. And God was like, well, why don't you, why don't you get some of that? You know, get hungry. Get hungry for me. Get desperate. You know, if you look up to certain men of God, you may not agree with everything they do. And may they, maybe they even make mistakes. But if you see an anointing on them, you know, and you, know, and you got an opportunity to get prayed for, you know, go, go and receive that impartation. Oh, Ronnie Howard Brown. Ronnie's Andres Missoni got that's That's... That's who I want to get an impartation from, from Ronnie Howard Brown. <coughs> Ronnie Howard Brown's a South African revivalist in America right now. And he's on this uh, great awakening tour throughout America. And uh, over the last, I don't know, two or three years, uh, he has recorded over almost a million decisions for Christ in his revival campaigns uh, all over the States and I think also in uh, England or one of, uh, some other country. So what he does is he goes and he releases um, the fire of God, and then he also prays for... Well, actually, he doesn't pray, but uh, part of his ministry is the, the joy of the Lord gets, like, imparted through, during his services. So he, he'll have this, like, really... If you ever look at his videos, you go to uh, revival.com. If you ever look at his videos, he's got this real straight face, and he's, like, a real straightforward South African. But, you know, he's, uh, he's got white skin, but he's a South African. But uh, he'll be, like, walking up and down the aisle, and he's just got this straight face. And then people like who have these like nice like suits on look very like you know very conservative. They just start ah! <laughs> and they just start breaking out laughing. And if you guys know about 10, 15 years ago when this stuff started happening, I mean, so everybody in the church was criticizing, hating on it. And uh, we you know we've come a long way since then. A lot more people have experienced it since, and they know that there is an oil of gladness that gets poured out on God's people. Amen. And I saw some of y'all last night. Y'all were experiencing that. And you wouldn't go home. You were just laughing. I was telling my wife, Brother Roy looked like a, like, like a drunk on the street. He was just like passed out on the ground, talking to himself, <laughs> laughing. Nobody's telling him any jokes. He's just laughing by himself. And I had to tell him, in the name of Jesus, get up. Because <laughs> it was time to go. Hallelujah. If you weren't part of the crusades, this, this may sound all funny to you. Um, but normally, we don't talk about this stuff on Sunday because we want to be welcoming to our newcomers. But uh, uh, this weekend was a special weekend. So, you know, we want to kind of share openly about that as well. Uh, but praise God. He's doing amazing things at this church. And, and I'm really, um, I'm really just, just so thankful uh, to be your pastor. Uh, and, you know, that's serious. That's serious. Uh, Brother Michael was just... When he was here, he was just like, you are so blessed, my brother. You've got such a wonderful congregation, you know. And I, mean, and I took those words to heart. And Andreas last night, he just said the same thing. He was going into his hotel. He, was, he, just took the, he just took me aside. He was like, brother, let me tell you something. you got something special that's happening through your ministry right now. The people of your church, man, they are on fire. God's going to do some amazing things through them. And, you know. And he's, a, he's a, you know, he doesn't say that about everybody, you know, the, all the churches he goes to. You know, usually he brings an initial kind of outpouring. But what he saw in our church, he said, man, I saw those volunteers. I can tell which ones were from your church. <laughs> and he's like, man, they, they, they are, they are, man, they are God setting them apart. Praise God. So, you know, it is really my joy uh, to be the pastor of this church. Hallelujah. And I believe we're coming into a season where we're going to see an increase, an increase of our influence, an increase in numbers. An increase in our financial stewardship. And later on, I'll share with you uh, the stewardship uh, from this past weekend and, 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 and from Brother Michael's offering everything. Man, you guys are giving at a level that, man, just is crazy. All right, I'll share with you all the numbers later. But, man, you guys are really living for the Lord, and, and it's really exciting to be a part of this. Hallelujah. <coughs> My message today comes from a booklet that Brother Michael gave me when he was leaving Korea. Uh, it's written by Morris Cirillo. It's a Pentecostal minister, missionary, evangelist, faith healer. And he's been leading a healing ministry 
since 1956. Uh, that is one of the OG, like, you know, like, or Roberts, like, you know, he's, a, he's, he's an old dude, man. But he's still going strong. He's still traveling the world. And he also has this uh, teaching ministry to train ministers of the next generation. So the topic that this booklet covers is knowing the voice of God. So I'm going to be taking <coughs> some insight and wisdom and preaching with it today. You guys ready for the word of God? Amen? Amen. <coughs> Let's turn to Haggai 1.12 and look at the word of the Lord. <coughs> word of God says in Haggai 1.12, Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatil, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God has sent him. And the people fear the Lord. Hallelujah. <coughs> Verse we read today tells us that Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, obeying the voice of the Lord is so important to your Christian walk. Amen? You know, some people hear the voice of the Lord, but they don't obey. But like Jonah in the, in the Bible, he heard the voice of the Lord. And what did he do? God told him to go this way. He went the opposite direction. Hallelujah. Um, other people, they hear the voice of the Lord. They obey initially. But they don't continue to obey the voice of the Lord. Uh, for example, King Saul, he started off well, but he didn't finish well. And the Christian life is not about starting well. It's about finishing well. Amen? Amen. And that takes uh, obeying the voice of the Lord continually. Once or twice, obeying the voice of the Lord is nothing to your credit. It's not going to do anything for your Christian walk. Our aim, brothers and sisters, needs to be... Our aim needs to be to obey the voice of the Lord always. Tell your neighbor that. Obey the voice of the Lord always. <laughs> man, last week I went over some uh, contextual history. And man, the perfect melancholies came up to me and they loved it. They loved it. So uh, I'll make sure to include some of that in my sermons. Uh, by the time we get to Haggai 1.12 here... Uh, it's about 520 B.C. It's 520 B.C. Because as, as I mentioned last week, Haggai was very meticulous with these kinds of dates. Um, but the rebuilding of the temple, it began 20 years before this. And the Bible tells us in Ezra chapter 3 that when they had finished laying the foundation, the people lifted up a great shout of praise mixed with rejoicing and sobbing. So all the young bucks, all the youth, they were rejoicing. They were like, yeah, we laid the foundation of the temple. But all the old folks, they were sobbing because they saw the glory of the previous temple that Solomon had built. And it was nothing compared to what they were seeing with the new temple. Yet later on, God prophesied that the glory of this latter house would be greater than the first, even though physically it didn't seem that way. Hallelujah. God prophesied that that will be so. But there was this uh, mixture of rejoicing and sobbing, you know, kind of like last night, you know, when people are like cracking up, like laughing and right next to them, somebody, ah, or like my wife, she's like cracking up laughing and next moment, ah, you know, this mixture <coughs> of rejoicing and sobbing was going on when the foundation of the temple was laid down. Now to clarify, it didn't take 20 years to lay the foundation. It took only two. It took only two. But what happened was after this great celebration, Zerubbabel and the remnant did not continue to obey the voice of the Lord. They did not continue to obey the voice of the Lord. You see, obeying the voice of the Lord is easy when that's the only voice you hear. But it gets mad difficult when all kinds of other voices start competing. Let's look at Ezra chapter 4. Turn to Ezra chapter 4. Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. 
Hallelujah. And, you know that, and I'm praying to the Lord for similar kind of anointing with Ronnie Howard Brown. Because people always criticize me and say, I, I, don't, I don't smile enough. Hallelujah. You know, I want to be able to like go minister and not smile at all and have people start breaking out in joy. Hallelujah. <coughs> anyway, um, let's look at Ezra chapter 4. <coughs> Verses 4 and 5. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build. And they bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. You see, brothers and sisters, Zerubbabel didn't continue obeying the voice of God. Instead, he unwittingly began to obey the voice of his enemies. You see, he let the voice of his enemies fill him with so much fear and discouragement that he abandoned the call that God had initially given him to rebuild the temple. There's so much negative voices that he heard and he let the devil frustrate his purpose. And you know what? That's what the devil does with this generation today. With this young generation, you know. Some people, you know, they really hear the voice of the Lord and they get excited about the call of God for their life and they begin to even take steps to obey. But then the devil comes in with all kinds of competing voices with temptations, oppositions, threats. And all these voices, it frustrates God's plans for their life. And Zerubbabel, for the Zerubbabel and the exiles, it didn't just frustrate them. It put an end to the work of rebuilding the house of God. Look at verse 24. <coughs> it says, Then the work on the house of God that is in Jerusalem stopped. And it ceased until when? The second year of the reign of Darius. That's Haggai chapter 1. That period of time was almost 20 years. You see, uh, the, the, if you guys want to know, Ezra chapter 4, you got to be careful with it. Chap, uh, verses 6 through 23. If you want, put a big parenthesis at the beginning of 6 and uh, ending parenthesis at the end of verse 23. Okay, that Verse 6, 6 to 23 is a parent, parenthesis. Because what it does is, without telling you, Ezra fast forwards hundreds of years into the future to the time of Nehemiah. Okay, so it goes to King Xerxes and Art Xerxes, which is the time of Nehemiah, without telling you that it did that. Okay, so if you just read it straight, if you read chapter 4 without knowing that, it's going to confuse you. You're going to be like, what the, you know, I thought we were rebuilding temple, now we're, re we're trying to build a city. Okay, that's because that's a big parenthesis right there. Okay, and it goes back to the regular time at verse 24. And what it tells us in verse 24 is that the, the work on the house of God stopped. <coughs> so Zerubbabel began by obeying the voice of God, but because he did not continue obeying God's verse, voice, voice, hallelujah, it resulted in a big detour that lasted 20 years. Big detour. Hallelujah. Man, I know another detour that lasted double that time. Who knows what I'm talking about? Man, Israel, man, they went on a big detour. They, they obeyed the voice of God in the beginning. Then they, when they got to the desert, they stopped obeying the voice of the Lord. And they, put, they were put on a 40-year detour. Some of them didn't even see the promised land. Or well, most of them didn't. Hallelujah. And in Haggai chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible tells us <coughs> that he, the Zerubbabel, and the people obeyed the voice of the Lord. And this time around, 20 years later, they continued to obey the voice of the Lord. And do you know how long it took to finish the temple? Four years. That's it. Four years. They spent two years to lay the foundation, 20 years on a detour, when it really only would have taken four more years to finish it. And that was just a temple. Later on, Nehemiah had to come in and, and rebuild the city. And they talk about a whole new thing then. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. There's spiritual truth right there. Let the Spirit of God take you. you know, just real quick, and just come back to the message. Hallelujah. There's a spiritual truth right there. <coughs> Hallelujah. And as, it's true in our own life, you know, in our own faith walk. If you lay a good foundation, you know, it doesn't take, you know, millions of years to accomplish the work of God for your life. Yeah, but you need that good foundation. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Everyone needs a good foundation. Without a good foundation, man, you will cr your house will come crashing down. 
And Jesus said the foundation, a good foundation is a man who hears the word of God, who hears the voice of God and obeys the words and the voice of God. When you do that, it's like a person who builds their house on a rock. That's a strong foundation. You know, a little known fact about the city of Manhattan, which is where I lived for about 10 years, which my wife from Long Island may not know this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just hating on her. Hallelujah. Um, but the city of Manhattan, <coughs> the whole island, it's an island, by the way. The whole island is a big piece of rock. That's why they're able to build such high skyscrapers on that island. It's just a big rock. So, you know, when you got those big rocks, man, you could dig real deep, make subways. You can go real high and not worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Man, that's a good foundation. The rock is when you hear the word and you obey the word and you, you go and do it. Now, before we <coughs> go over how to know the voice of God, I want you to determine in your heart not only to know the voice of God, but to obey the voice of God always. You know, some people are real interested in knowing the voice of God, but they have no interest in obeying the voice of God always. You know what? If you're not here, don't even, don't even ask me questions about knowing the voice of God. You know, some people come up to me like, Christian, how do I, how do I hear God's voice? How do, I, how do I know God's leading for my life? You know? And I, and I asked him, well, was your heart right with the Lord? And if it's not, you know, there's really no use in really counseling them or try, trying to teach them about it. Because they might learn, but they're not going to obey. You know? It's like, a, it's like a professional coach of like a, I don't know, basketball team or something. You know, like that professional coach, if he knows that he doesn't have the commitment dedication of his players, he's not going to spend time to mentor them and coach them. Right? He's going to make sure first he sees a heart of submission and commitment. Amen? Come on now. Hallelujah. <coughs> so let me begin by saying God wants you to know his voice. Amen? He wants you to be able to hear and recognize what he speaks to you. God is not silent. What's that belief where, where they believe that God's like a clock winder and he leaves the world and just watches? Deism. Lie from the pits of hell. Hallelujah. Everybody say deism is a lie from the pits of hell. Deism is a lie from the pits of hell. Yeah, it really is. God is not indifferent. God's not just silent. The problem is oftentimes it's not with us. I mean, it's not with God, it's with us. It's not that God doesn't want to speak, it's just that we don't want to hear. <clears throat> Believers who do not know the voice of the Lord, especially in this generation, they will not be only vulnerable to detours, they will be vulnerable to destruction. If you don't get with this teaching, and you don't know for yourself how to hear and obey the voice of God, the kinds of attacks that we're about to face, especially at this church, it's not going to make you just vulnerable to detours. It's going to be vulnerable to destruction. Because Satan is playing, he's, he's playing mercilessly. He's fighting mercilessly. He doesn't play by fair rules. John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said that his sheep are able to hear his voice. You know, the moment you become a Christian and you get born again, the Spirit of God comes to indwell you. And from that point on, you have an ability to hear God's voice. Did you know that? Some people think that the only way to hear the voice of God is to hear the audible voice of God. You know? You know, like real religious, conservative Christians, you know, sometimes I preach and I'll be like, you know, and then the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, this is the way you should go and you should start this project and you should do this. And then afterwards they come up to me and say, what do you mean you, God spoke to you? Where were you when you heard it? What was the tone of his voice? Did he sound like James Earl Jones? <laughs> and I'll be like, man, you full of a. Religious spirit, no, 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 hallelujah. No, I, I, I bless them, hallelujah, God bless you. 
I think you misunderstood me. What I was trying to say was God was leading me through his voice. But the voice of the Lord is not just audible. The voice of the Lord comes from spirit to spirit. Hallelujah. And the audible voice of God can be heard. Hallelujah. But that's usually the exception. We've got to be open to that. But that's the exception. The norm we've got to learn how to do is we need to hear, know how to discern the voice, the inaudible voice of God that comes to us spirit to spirit into our mind. You know, you can hear the voice of the devil. I mean, you hear it all the time. And some of y'all, <coughs> y'all are really great at listening to the devil, <laughs> the devil's voice. Man, you, you're really good at identifying it. He'd be, man, he'd be talking, he'd be talking, talking, talking. He talks to me too. Man, he's a liar. Hallelujah. Exactly. The devil is a liar. But many of us here, we've never experienced the audible voice of God. Right? So, <coughs> a lot of us think we do not have the ability to hear the voice of God. But that is a lie. Just because you don't hear audibly does not mean you don't possess that ability to hear from God. This is a spiritual truth that we need to get. We need to sink into our spirits this day. Every one of us in here, we've got to start saying our, to ourselves, even if your ability is still like, still like very baby, it's still like undeveloped. You got to say, I possess the ability to hear the voice of God. And I'm committed to nurture this ability so that I might be in such oneness with God that everything that flows out of my life I've been crucified with Christ so that I no longer live, but Christ lives through me. When you're at oneness with God like that, that is your confession. And that is your experience. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus is your shepherd, then you are given the ability to hear his voice. Amen? Amen. Now, let me just go over practical three steps to knowing God's voice. <coughs> three steps to knowing God's voice. Number one. Get rid of unconfessed sin. Get rid of unconfessed sin. You know, sometimes you feel God is distant. And that might be because you have unconfessed sin in your life. There could be unforgiveness. There could be an issue with a friend or, or someone that, that you should go and make right. You know, but, but you're not doing that. Or there, there might be, you know, some kind of pride. Or I don't know, some kind of sin issue that. That you have unconfessed, that can block your communication with God. Sometimes you'll feel distant from God, but that's because you're doing everything right. And, and, and God just bringing you through the wilderness. Hallelujah. But that's, that's a whole nother level. Hallelujah. Praise God. <coughs> but unconfessed sin, we've got to get rid of it. If you want to hear the voice of God, that's got to be the number one step. You see, in Genesis chapter 3, let's look at that real quick. Turn to Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. I'm going to read right away. You should be able to find this real quick. Genesis 3, verse 8 through 10. It says, And they, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Hallelujah. That's some supernatural AC right there. <laughs> and the man and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you, 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 you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Hallelujah. And that's it. Verse 10. Hallelujah. <coughs> God spoke to Adam. God spoke to Adam. But because of sin, there were three things that prevented Adam from responding to the voice of the Lord. They were guilt, fear, and hiding. You know, when you have unconfessed sin, it doesn't mean that God doesn't, want to, doesn't even want to talk to you and is just completely silent with you. I mean, he'll still talk to you. But you will have a very hard time hearing from the Lord and responding to the Lord when there's unconfessed sin in your life. And so here, guilt, fear, and hiding. When sin has been committed, it will immediately create guilt. And then this will lead to fear. And this will result in wanting to hide from God. And so these three things, man, they will really prevent you from responding to the voice of the Lord. 
And notice here that it wasn't Adam who was calling to God. It was God who was calling to Adam. And God knew exactly where he was. It wasn't like God didn't know where, where are you? Where? Divine hide and seek. I'm going to get you this time. Right? I ain't like that, man. God knew where exactly where he was. And God knows exactly where you are today. Where you are in your spiritual walk. And he's calling out to you. He's calling out to you. And if you have unconfessed sin, you know, the, most of the time the voice of the Lord, well, all he's saying is, confess that sin. It's not like, Lord, I want to know about my wife. Well, confess that sin. Lord, I want to know about my ministry. Lord, well, confess that sin. Forgive that person. Lord, I want to draw closer to you, Lord. Speak to me. And God's like, go talk to Marcus. Apologize to him for the harsh way in which you talked to him over the phone just last Saturday. (laughs) All right, Lord. Yo, Marcus. Yo, my bad. You know what I'm talking about, right? All right, thanks. Click. <laughs> but yeah, oftentimes in our unconfessed sin, man, it's not us that calls out to God. God calls out to us first. Man, and God has uh, been calling out to us. You see, he sent his son to atone for our sins so that we can have a free communication with God. But what a foolish thing when we receive Christ and then we go on to live in sin and we refuse to confess. When we know that sin is the one thing that will hinder our communication, our ability to hear the voice of the Lord. It's quite a foolish way to live. It's quite a foolish way to, uh, to live when Christ has died to restore that communication. Hallelujah. So that's step one. You got to get rid of unconfessed sin. Step two. Learn how to identify competing voices. Man, this is a real good truth right here. Write this down now. Even if you don't normally take notes, man, you you need to listen to this podcast again. Number two, learn how to identify competing voices. This is going to be so good. I'm going to amen myself. Hallelujah. It's actually more Cirillo stuff, so I'm going to amen that brother. Actually, it's not his stuff. He actually quoted somebody else. I'm going to amen that brother. Hallelujah. And it's not even him. It's the voice of the Spirit of God who taught him that. The anointing of the Spirit. We're going to amen the the Spirit of God's truth. Hallelujah. You know, there are a lot of many, many voices competing for your attention today. And there are three categories that these voices fall into. So if you can learn to identify these voices, you will be able to better identify the voice of the Lord. Okay. Number one, voice of man. The voice of man. Or the voice of a baby. The voice of man. (coughs) The voice of man is easy to recognize. It is the audible voice of your friend, of your mother, of your cousin. (coughs) And sometimes people may give wise advice and God may even speak through them to you. Unbeliever or not, believer or not, they may speak to you. God may speak to you through them. Right. (coughs) But whenever the voice of man conflicts with the word of God or conflicts with the voice of God, You must always obey the voice of the Lord. In Acts 5.29, Peter and the apostles, they were commanded to stop preaching the gospel. And you know what they said? They said, we must obey God rather than men. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, wives, you can't take that verse and be like, I must obey God rather than man. And, And, you know, like, disrespect your husband. That's not, that's not. What you want to do, or you, you can't be using that for like your professors or I don't know the authorities that you're under or your boss. All right, don't do that. But you know, when God leads you one direction <coughs> and then a, a man comes in competing with that, you always want to obey the voice of the Lord. First is the voice of man, second is the voice of Satan. Now, Satan's voice was first heard in the Garden of Eden, and he continues to talk, 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 talk till today. Man, Satan's a talker. Now, Satan's voice lies, deceives, and tempts man into sin and away from God. Evil spirits also have voices, right? All the fallen angels that work for the devil. And sometimes the voice of demons will actually be audibly heard when they speak 
through a person who is demonized. And, and you know, they, they would speak through the vocal cords of somebody that's demonized. And, man, I've seen this time and time again. Man, it, it trips you out. It shows you the reality of the spiritual realm. Man, I remember one sister trying to help her out. And, and we were trying to get, get to the root of the issue, you know. And we couldn't figure out, you know, what, you know we, got, we got one thing taken care of, but we couldn't figure out what the second thing was. And all of a sudden, the demon started manifesting. And it said, you're fat, 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 ugly, fat. Just kill yourself. All right. And I was like, oh, snap. You know? And it ended up being a, a spirit of bulimia. Right? And she was struggling with this eating disorder. Everybody thought it was just a natural, like, you know, like a mental disorder, mental disease or something. You know, it was just something that needed counseling and psychiatry to get out of. But there was a demon there that was making it so much worse. You know, sometimes girls, they start out doing bulimia to try to control their weight. And they think they're in control. But when, they get, when it gets carried away and the demon gets involved, they lose control and the demon now starts to get control. And man, they will mess up their, their, their health. You know I, know, I know a sister back in New York, I've been trying to help her. And she's been bulimic for like almost close to 10 years now. Uh, she, she regularly throws up blood because her esophagus lining has been completely worn away. Her teeth are like completely like, with, like worn away from all the acid you know, from, from your stomach when you throw up that much. Your teeth get starting worn, worn away. <coughs> and you know, sometimes you know, these, these, these kinds of things are, are demons. You know, and demons, they have these voices. And sometimes you sit there and you think it's something else, but it's actually demonic voices speaking to you. And we, got, we as Christians, we got to know how to identify those things. Hallelujah. But most often, Satan speaks through an inaudible voice. Right? He plants seeds of Fear, lies, anxiety, doubt, lust. These are his, this is his language. The language of lies, violence. Man, Satan is just full of pride and wickedness. <coughs> third thing, third voice is the voice of self. The voice of self. <coughs> You know, sometimes, you know, it's just your voice. It's just you. You know, sometimes I'll mistake in a prophetic word, you know, for the gift of prophecy, but it's really the gift of suspicion. It's just all me, you know. I think that brother is struggling with that. And then, you know, Aaron's always like, come on, honey, don't jump to any conclusions now. Right? And I got to be careful, right? Because sometimes it's your own voice. Right? And sometimes we got we to... Gotta, Learn how to identify our own voice. Right? And, and some Christians, they have a hard time doing this in their relationship with God. They know all the right things to say in their quiet times, in their prayer closets. But they don't know actually how to express their own voice. Because <clears throat> they think that's like forbidden or something. You know, a lot of religious spirits will lie to you and say, that's not the way God wants you to approach him. So, you know, like when I, when I go, go into the presence of God on my own, when I'm alone, I just tell God like it is. I just talk to him. You know, I pray, you know, I lift him up, I exalt him. But I, I, sometimes when I'm going through something, I just talk to him with my own voice. And I'll be like, Lord, <coughs> I don't understand this. And man, those two brothers at church, they bugging me. And those five sisters, man, when? Or, or those, those, you know, those homeboys back in New York, why are they hating? You know, I, I just, man, Lord. And that dude on the, when I was driving to church today cut me off, man. You know, I just, I just tell God like it is. And then you know, God will always whisper like, all right, now what are you going to do about it? Lord, I bless them, Lord. I bless them. Bless them, do not curse. I bless them, Lord. Hallelujah. Keep that blessing flowing into my life because I bless them right now. That's the way God wants you to do it. He wants you to love, bless. Bless those who persecute you. <coughs> Pray for them. Hallelujah. But, you know, sometimes we've got to identify our own voice. And Jeremiah 10.23 says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. You know, so, some people, they are so self-sufficient. Man, that they, they just have a real hard time relating to the Lord. 
No, that's the voice of self. That's, that's the lie in North Korea. No, the, this ideology of self-sufficiency, chuche ideology. And they, and they just encourage you to trust only yourself and your own country. Nobody else. Man, it, it, it is, it's not good. Hallelujah. So these are three categories. Voice of man, voice of Satan, voice of self. So not only is it important to identify these three voices, but we must learn how to resist them when they speak things that are against the will of God. Amen? Yes. <coughs> Hallelujah. And uh, what are ways to identify uh, that these sources are not from God? Well, uh, I'll just share with you two keys. One is examine the content. Right? It's important for you to learn uh, how to identify these voices and which one is speaking at any time. Right? If you think about it, your mind is constantly receiving messages. And these messages have a source. So it's so important that you learn how to recognize what the source of these messages are. Right? If you can really get good at doing that, and one key to really identifying the voice of God is to identify competing voices and put them where, where, where they need to be put. Right. <coughs> so one way to do that is to examine the content. Um, Morris Cirillo said it like this. Satan's strategy is to make you ineffective by deceiving you with a multitude of false impressions that he feeds you from day to day. You need to take everything that comes into your mind, sort it all out, and recognize which messages line up with God's words and which don't. We need, to, we need that filtration system constantly running through our minds, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible means when it says, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. If you get real good at this, the Bible says you will have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to have the mind of Christ regarding situations, people, Hallelujah. So when you identify such negative thoughts, we've got to learn to cast them down. Uh, key two, consider the character behind the voice. <coughs> Sometimes the content sounds right. It may even be a Bible verse. You know, Satan uses Bible verses to tempt you, to speak to you. That's what he did for Jesus in the desert. The content may be right. But the way you identify <coughs> where that voice is coming from is to consider the character. Remember this. The Spirit of God leads. Satan pushes. All right, say that with me. The Spirit of God leads. Satan pushes. Man, you don't understand how many times I got to teach that to the people of this congregation. Because as people start really getting close to the Lord and they get hungry for God. Man, Satan starts to really attack them, especially those who are interested in the prophetic. Now, just because there's dangers that they might be deceived doesn't mean I'm not going to encourage the prophetic. All right, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. We're not going to back down from it. You know what I'm saying? You know, guns and swords are, you know, dangerous. But you know what? The army is not like, oh, we can't use them no more. They're too dangerous, right? And they are the very weapons that are going to give them victory. Amen? I mean, these are the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of prophecy. These are the very... Weapons that are going to give the church victory. Just because there's danger in trying to handle them doesn't mean that we don't. All right, that's a lie. It's one of Satan's attacks. <coughs> All right, um, Spirit leads, Satan pushes. Now, <coughs> in God's relationship to his children, God's voice is always loving, kind, and patient. God is so patient with you. You know, sometimes. The voice of self will come in and say, God is not that patient with you. You need to suck it up, get up, off your butt, straighten yourself out. And, and, you, and you'll get real harsh. And it's not the voice of Satan, it's just your own voice. Especially like melancholies, man. They got that like voice of self, they're real harsh on themselves. They're really hard on themselves. And when Brother Michael was prophesying, man, Brother Michael said that over two people and they were both melancholies. You're too hard on yourself, brother. God just says he loves you. You're doing good. You're doing well. You know? <coughs> Hallelujah. God's voice is loving, kind, and gentle. Satan's voice is forceful and impatient. You got to do it now. 
If you don't do it, you don't love me. Gotta do it now. Gotta do it now. Gotta do it now. Come on. Come on. Come on. And, and, I, and I've seen this in deliverance case or after deliverance case. I mean, and Satan's voice is forceful, impatient, it's accusatory, accus, accusatory, accusational. How's that word? Hallelujah. Because <laughs> Satan is the accuser of the brethren. The character of his voice is always accusation. Why'd you say that? Why'd you do it that way? What did you mean by that? You're a very bad Christian. (laughs) Pastor Christian doesn't like you. Your congregation hates you. Everybody's gossiping about you and slandering you. You know? It's it's accusatory. Your, your, Your sermon was terrible. Satan, you're a liar! That was, that was an easy one. Because, you know, I, I know my sermons are good. Hallelujah. They're anointed by the Spirit of God. I'll give you an encore, Satan, if you want. Uh, hallelujah. But he's, 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 uh, he's the accuser. <coughs> uh, if you only consider the content of the message and not the character, the spirit of the message, you may make yourself vulnerable to deception, to being led astray by uh, demonic voices. So that's number two, right? Step two is to identify competing voices. Step three, stay close to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. They hear my voice. They follow me. Jesus saw himself as a good shepherd. <coughs> that means that we are his sheep. And you know, <coughs> you know, sheep are really dumb creatures, right? They're really dumb animals. <laughs> you know, they're just bad, bad. They just walk everywhere. <coughs> and the shepherd has to like do this like, you know, hey, over here. I don't know what shepherds say, okay. But... <coughs> I was trying to be like historical, but I, I didn't research that part. But um, I heard it once, though. They say something, right? And then the, the, the sheep, when they stay close to the shepherd, right, they're able to actually recognize his voice. So if they go far away, and they're really, really far away, the, the shepherd will just go, hey! Right? And then the sheep will go, ah, hey. And they just come, come running back. Or, or if the shepherd's, you know, voice is like running out, then they gotta, he sends out the dog, and the dog goes, ah, the sheep come back. Anyway, the sheep come back. They're dumb animals. <laughs> and what can happen is <coughs> if the sheep don't stay close to the shepherd, the sheep doesn't get familiar with the shepherd's voice. Right? So if that, sh- that sheep flock gets mixed up with another sheep flock, or if there's some like robber that comes in and says, Hey, it's me, the shepherd. And the sheep are like, eh, eh. And you start following this different voice. Man, but that's what happens to Christians all the time. They don't stay close to the shepherd. So when another voice calls, they follow it. And it's re- it really is sad. But if you stay close to the shepherd, just stay real near him. Right? You'll be able to really recognize his voice. The moment he calls, you're ready to go. Hallelujah. And that's a big key. Stay close to the shepherd. Have your quiet times. Spend times in prayer. You know, and sometimes when you pray, you feel like you're doing all the talking. And then, you know, sometimes you just stay silent and you're like, Lord, talk to me. Now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes that's the way it is when you, when you have the times of prayer. If you're not really getting them strong visions like some of the sisters or brothers get, you know, that's kind of like what your time, you know, when you got to try to hear the voice of God, it just feels like. But, you know, like sometimes God will speak to you during those times. If you make that consistent, like he'll, he'll, you, he'll be like, oh, are you really serious about setting apart that time? All right, well, you know what? Today I'm going to speak to you. 
And he'll, he'll give you a prophetic word, impressions right into your spirit. Just like the devil can throw things into your mind, God will throw, boom, stuff into your mind. All right, some of the things that I've made decisions for in this church came in my quiet times with the Lord. All right, and just got, boom, thrown in. The way I can recognize it's from God is usually it comes as, as one, it's like, it's like, it's not like one sentence. Like, it'll be like, like a canvas. It'll come all at once, and then I can kind of like look around the canvas and be like, Wow, I'm really creative. <laughs> and then God would be like, no, you sheep. That's from me. But then sometimes he'll, he'll have me like, like add things to it. And he'll be like, what do you think about this? You know, and he'll actually ask you. And that's when you got to know your vo- the voice of yourself and actually put in some input. But, you know, God, God loves to like, you know, you know, all that stuff, you know. But, you know, spend quiet times. <coughs> pray. Read the word of God. Read the word of God. If you have those silent moments in prayer and you just get real frustrated, you can't hear the voice of God, right? Just start getting into the word. Get into the word. Because the character, the spirit of God is revealed in his word. His righteousness, his goodness, his justice is revealed in his word. If you will get familiar with this word, you'll be able to more easily identify his voice. You know, some people come for counseling, like, Pastor Christian, I need, I, I need a word from the Lord. I need, I, need, I need your advice on this situation. You know, and sometimes it's tiring giving advice to the same person over and over again. And you've told them the same advice. They went and they didn't even obey it. And they come back with the same problem. I'm like, man, man I'm going to change my phone number. You know, or something. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. Love the sheep. Hallelujah. Love. You're the pastor. Love everyone. Hallelujah. No, but, but you know, <laughs> and sometimes what we, what we really need to do is like we need to point them to the real issues. You don't want to counsel them on the same thing. You want to get to the heart of the matter. You know, and sometimes it's because they're not reading the word. They're not spending time with the Lord. When you don't have interest to develop your relationship with God, you know what? I have no interest in trying to counsel you on the same thing over and over again. Because the heart of the matter is your relationship with God. You know? Stay close to the shepherd. Three steps, right? Real practical, right? Real practical sermon, right? (coughs) So in my own walk with God, I've had numerous examples of things that I heard in my prayer closet that Satan tried to make me doubt and to discourage and dismiss. But later on, what I found was I was amazed to hear through prophets, people gifted in the gift of prophecy, and they will confirm the very things I heard in my prayer closet. It's amazing. You know, all throughout my single years in my prayer closet, I felt like God was saying, your wife will be beautiful. She is going to be gorgeous. And I said, Lord, thank you, Lord. I received that. And then one day, Brother Michael prophesied it. Your wife will be beautiful. Inside and out. Hallelujah. And I was like, Lord, I know that's you. Because I heard that tone in the prayer closet already. <coughs> I, I'll give you an example. So I, I'll give you an interesting example, but it's, it's something that I don't want to encourage. But it's, it is a very peculiar one that I think uh, that, that will get burned into your spirit. <coughs> one time, um, uh, it was the year 2007. And... Uh, God had led me to stay in Korea. I was about to go back to New York. God led me to stay in Korea after a conference called CM 2007. But I didn't know what to do next. And the president of Campus Crusade, he didn't know what to recommend to me. And, and I didn't really know what to do next. But when I prayed in my prayer closet, God kept putting on my heart two particular things. But one in particular, right? But two particular things. But I was praying about those two things over and over again. <coughs> well, around the end of that summer... <coughs> I got on the phone with Prophet Hannah, and I'm like, yo, sister, yo, hook it up. Hook it up with some prayer, all right? I need some prayer. I don't know what to do next. Uh, I think I know what to do next, but I just need some confirmation. And she's like, all right, how should we do this? All right, you know what? We're going to do it like this. I'm going to do something real interesting. I do not encourage you to do it with others, and I do not encourage you to tell others about it. So sorry, Hannah, that I'm telling the church about this. <laughs> but so I, This is discouraged, by the way, all right? This is only if you have a really sharp gift of prophecy. Do not do this. I do not do this. But she did it with me and God used it to confirm. 
Um, so what she did was pick a word and assign different things that you have been considering to each letter of that word. So the first word was soul. <laughs> S, I put youth ministry. Because I thought maybe God would lead me to do high school ministry. To, you know, to kind of like really refine me. Because, you know, the youth, they are tough, you know. So I, I thought that maybe. And E was <laughs> English college ministry in Korea. O was to uh, lead Campus Crusade and work with the church and, and take a pastoral route. U, uh, I didn't know what to put, so I just put a question mark. And then um, <coughs> L was to drop everything I have and go to North Korea. Right. Because North Korea is on my heart. So, so I said, all right, the word is soul. And she's like, all right, I'm going to get one letter. I'm going to tell you what that letter is. And it's going to correspond with what God is leading you to. And I was like, all right, hook it up. She's like, setara, setara, setara. E. With a quickness, she's like, E. It's real clear. It's E. And I look down, and I'm like, okay. It says, all right? All right. Okay. If you guys remember what it was. All right. <coughs> so she goes, wait, wait, don't tell me. Choose another word. All right, we're going to confirm it. All right, so I go, all right. The word is subject. S, North Korea. You, you know, be a pastor and pastor of church. B was do the youth ministry. J was English college ministry. E was to drop everything, go to Kazakhstan. <laughs> C was a question mark, like it could be a wild card. Uh, and then T, I added something uh, that wasn't there before. It was seminary. But it was something I have been praying about already. All right. And she prays. And she goes, satara, satara, satara. J. And T, I got two letters this time. What did you do different? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, you know, we got two letters. I'm going to have to confirm those two letters now. And she's like, all right, we're going to do a triple, triple confirmation. <coughs> Matrix was the last word. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything, all right? It couldn't be repeating letters. Okay, it can't be repeating letters. So <coughs> M was seminary. A was church. T was North Korea. R was English college ministry. I was youth ministry. X was Kazakhstan. Right off, she says, MR. Seminary and English college ministry. In the first word, she confirmed English college ministry. In the second word, English college ministry and seminary. In the third word, English college ministry and seminary. But those were the two things that God was burning upon my heart. To go into next. But there was a lot of uncertainty. Because I was at a crossroads. You know. And that really showed me that. I had an ability to hear from the voice. Hear the voice of the Lord. But Satan kept attacking me. And said. These are your own thoughts. These are your own ideas. What if you make a mistake. You don't want to take a step now. You're going to make a mistake. Just go back to New York. But remember that crazy dream I had. So I don't know. We ain't doing that. (laughs) Satan that's you. (coughs) But hallelujah, after this experience, this further confirmation, man, it was real encouraging. It, it wasn't just encouraging, like, uh, you know, that it was confirmation for these things, but it was a confirmation that I was able to already hear the voice of the Lord. And God was saying, come on, sheep, you already know my voice. You got to learn to develop that nurture, that trusted, obey my voice, right? Uh, I'll share with you one more thing, right? Um, a year earlier, in July of 2006, I had somebody pray for me. <coughs> and these are things that this person got. A uh, person said, uh, peace of mind so that Christian won't be anxious over a particular issue. Affirm Christian in the decision that he's making right now. Give him confidence in the steps that he is taking. May his eyes not be on the goal, but in the process. Hold his faith in trusting you. Pray that Christian will not look too far ahead and get discouraged. Help him to know what he is in control of and what he is not responsible for. Give him peace and a discerning mind about his responsibilities. Now, these words really blessed me at that time because it was right in the middle. And I knew that a year later, I would have to make a decision whether to go back to New York, stay in Korea, go to Kazakhstan, or drop everything, go to North Korea. Those are like some scary steps to think about, right? So, you know, (laughs) there was a lot of trepidation. And I kept focusing on the goal. 
Or where are you leading me? When am I going to get married? And all these like gold stuff, you know? But through this prophetic word, God was, and in my prayer closet, God kept saying, look, just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Look around you. Learn what you are learning in the journey. Don't just focus on the destination. Right? And so when this prophetic word came, it really confirmed to my heart what God was already speaking to me. And guess who uh, prayed for me in this way? Our sister Caroline. Caroline, you remember you doing this? You you prayed for me and you sent this email. And I had, I hadn't met Caroline. I just knew knew her as Hongmi back in back in the day. That's her career name. And uh, Hannah had uh, had uh, Caroline pray, and then she sent this thing over. You know, <coughs> brothers and sisters, without telling you too many examples, right? God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you today. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to commune with you. And just because you don't hear the audible voice of God or because you don't get a strong word of prophecy from someone, that does not mean that you are helpless to hear his voice. If you will go into your prayer class, if you will get into the word of God, you are nurturing and developing your ability to hear that voice. So, brothers and sisters, I encourage you. Don't get into an unhealthy and immature pattern of depending on your pastor to give you a word from the Lord. Right? Learn to hear from God yourself. Because check it out. I may not be here all the time. And check it out. God may call you to be a leader one day. What will you do when people come to you for advice? You better know how to hear from the Lord from your, for yourself. You can't be calling me up and say, oh, Christian, I'm the pastor now. <clears throat> By the way, this is Marcus. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I don't know what to tell these people. You know, I got like about 100 people in my congregation. And they keep coming to me for all this advice. I don't know what to say. Christian, what, what do you think about this situation, about that situation? Brother, I'm going to hang up on you right now. And you get into your prayer class and learn how to develop and hear from the voice of the Lord for yourself. That's what I'm going to say. But this is all of us, we need to learn it. Hear the voice of God for ourselves. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Father, we want to build your house. We want to build your house, oh God. We want to build your house, your kingdom. We want your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father God, where we have been lied to, where we have been lied to, discouraged, disillusioned in our efforts to try to hear from you, I pray that God, that the words of Jesus will resound in our spirits today. My sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. Lord God, I pray that, Father, each and every person will learn to nurture and develop their ability to hear the voice of the Lord. So that not not only would they hear from you, but that they would obey you. They would just glorify you. (coughs) They would finish the work of building the house of God just as Zerubbabel experienced May your people in this generation experience as they obey the voice of their God always. We thank you, Father, that you are such a loving God, a a God who speaks to us, a God who is not indifferent, a God that is not distant and far away, but a God who longs to draw close, a God who calls out to us first. Even when we want to hide from you, God, You lovingly call us. Where are you? Where are you? Come to the rivers of life. Why would you stay where you are? When there are rivers of living water that are available for you. Where are you? Why are you there? Come. Hide under the shadow of my wing. Find refuge. Here. 
Lord God, we praise you, Lord. May the voice of God whisper into our lives. May the voice of God speak words of encouragement this day. Speak words of hope on this day. May, you, may the voice of God speak even through another person to encourage us, to build us up this day. May the voice of God speak into our spirits. Words of affirmation, words of love, words of inspiration. May the voice of God thunder and shake us where we need shaking. But may the voice of God speak for your words. You have said they are spirit and they are life. God, we want to live not by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth, oh God. Speak to your people, Lord. Speak to your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.